In today's civil rights movement, so many people are asking the same question. How do I fight racism? Plenty of adults are asking this how to fight racism question. But I think it's going to take all of us, including kids, to make a difference. Racism is when we remember when the Black Lives Matter line of law officers were killing black people because of their color. Racism is when one person disrespects another person because of their skin color. Mm-hmm. Very good. Who else has something to add? Racism is where some people treat people of different skin color unfairly. My name is Dr. Jamar Tisby, author of How to Fight Racism, Young Readers Edition. And I want to welcome you and the young people in your life along this journey through history as we learn together how to fight for racial justice using our head, heart, and hands. I had the amazing opportunity of sitting down with a few young scholars at Clarksdale Collegiate in the Mississippi Delta to unpack their understanding of racism in America and what role kids have in this work. That is a wonderful start. All of you mentioned something about skin color. All of you mentioned something about treating people badly because of something like skin color. Let me give you an example. Imagine if Mrs. Johnson made a rule that only kids with brown eyes ever got dessert or a treat at the school. That would be unfair. That would be unfair, right? Because some people might have blue eyes. Because some people might have blue eyes, green eyes, whatever it might be, right? And it's based on what? Like, does the color of your eyes make you a better or worse person? No. I think they're like hazel. They're like brown. I think you might slide in. But thankfully, we don't have a rule like that, right? But for a long time, the United States, our country, did have rules like this. Let me ask you this. Is there anything you'd be willing to go to jail for? Yes. 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 What, what, what would it be, Madison? What would you be willing to go to jail for? I would go to jail for helping for people like me on my skin. Helping people of your own race, yes. Uh, to fight for my family, like in case they like got damaged mm. or anything yes. by those people. Yes, the people closest to you, for sure. Helping poor people who need help or surviving. Okay, poor people, yes. Do you have any ideas about how to fight racism at your age? We know what adults can do. What can young people do? No <laughs> you have no idea. Good, I'm glad you're here. We'll talk about that. Yes, Palin. Um, they can go to protests and fight for their rights. Kids, even kids can go to protests? Yes? Yes. <laughs> other kids can influence other kids how I like about racism. Talk about it. Talk to them about racism. Talk to them about racism, like explaining what it is or history. How it started. How it started. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Like, teach other kids how to, like, like what what racism means and how you can stop it or change it. Beautiful. They can be cute and make the grown-ups not want to do it. They can be cute? (laughs) It's a lot harder to be mean to somebody who's cute. So I want to tell you a story about Audrey Faye Hendricks. Say Audrey Faye Hendricks. Audrey Faye Hendricks. She was about your age when she got arrested. So a long time ago, although not that long ago, 1963 in the city of Birmingham, Alabama, it was a segregated city. 
Segregation is a system of keeping black people and other people of color separated from white people. Well, black people didn't think this was fair. Why should the color of your skin mean you could or couldn't go certain places? Black people would have to go to the back door at restaurants. They would have to sit in the back of the bus. They couldn't go into certain clothing stores or even try on the clothes, all because of racism and people thinking that just because people were black that they shouldn't have the same privileges and opportunities as other people. So naturally, this wasn't fair. And eventually, black people got together, got organized, and they protested. They started boycotting businesses. What's a boycott? A boycott is when a group of people agrees not to buy goods or use services from segregated businesses as a form of protest. So the adults in the community were doing this and it was working, but that made people upset. The people who wanted to keep segregation started pushing back and protesting against the protest. And so, as the adults boycotted, they also marched in the streets as a demonstration, and the adults kept getting arrested and thrown in jail. And more and more adults kept getting arrested, and more and more adults kept getting thrown in jail, and they weren't making much progress. The city was still segregated, and there was no end in sight. Now, naturally, while all of this is going on, the young people in the community they're watching the whole thing. I mean, they're seeing their parents, their older brothers and sisters, other community members boycotting and protesting and marching and getting arrested. And they want to be part of the change. This is one thing I love about young people. You're so eager to get involved. We need that from you. Thank you so much. Well, in Birmingham in 1963, the adults kept saying, no, 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 it's too dangerous. We don't want to put you in harm's way. But after a while, when they weren't making any progress and when they were running out of adults because they kept getting arrested, finally, they let the kids get involved. Now, the kids didn't just run out into the streets. They actually went through training to know how to boycott, to know how to protest, to know how to stand up in the face of opposition and do so as safely and as courageously as possible. So there was a lot of preparation, a lot of homework in order to get ready for these protests. Finally, on May 2nd, 1963, they got their chance. In what has become known as the Birmingham Children's Crusade, Young people from high school on down got involved in protesting against segregation. Now, that first day of protest, lots and lots of young people got arrested. And the youngest person to get arrested was Audrey Faye Hendricks. They arrested her and put her in jail. Here's what it was like in jail. She spent a week in jail. While she was there, she couldn't see her family she didn't have any clean clothes to change into. She didn't even have a toothbrush. Can you imagine going for a week without brushing your teeth? The only good thing about Audrey Faye Hendricks getting arrested on the first day of the Children's Crusade is that she missed what came next. So the crusade continued with more kids. And on these other days, Police came out with fire hoses. Fire hoses are really, really strong. This is not like a garden hose or a sprinkler that you go out and play in when it's on a hot day in the summer. These things can like bruise you and 
rip away layers of your skin. It's really, really brutal. And on top of that, the police brought out police dogs, these big German shepherds with big teeth and everything like that, and threatened the young people with police dogs. Well, journalists were there, reporters were there, they took pictures, they got filmed, they did interviews, they broadcast that all over the country, and the nation was outraged. So there was all of this pressure on the leaders in Birmingham to put an end to this horrific situation where young people, kids, were getting hurt, arrested, jailed. And finally, on May 10th, after all of this pressure and all of this protest, the white city leaders in Birmingham agreed to desegregate the businesses and allow black people and white people to go to the same businesses and be treated the same way. That probably wouldn't have happened or at least not as fast, without people like Audrey Faye Hendricks, just nine years old, getting involved in the struggle against racism. What's really cool about this is that Audrey Faye Hendricks didn't do this by herself. Her parents had taught her well. In an interview years and years later, people asked Audrey Faye Hendricks, well, why did she get involved when she was so young? And she said, well, for me, there was no way not to be involved. My parents were involved from the point that I could remember. There was just no way around it. So parents, adults, you can train up your kids and lead them by example about what it means to get involved in the struggle for racial justice. We are going to talk more about this. Let me tell you, let me give you a way of thinking about fighting racism that I think will help. When we talk about racism, there are three areas we need to focus on. The head, the heart, and the hands. The what? Head, heart, hands. Point to your head. Head. Point to your heart. Heart. And hands. All right, let me break it down for you. Head, hands, heart. Actually, wherever you are, you can point to your head, your hands, and your heart. Try it with me right now. Fighting racism takes your head, point to your head, your heart, put your hands over your heart, and your hands, hold up your hands like you're giving two high fives. Fighting racism takes your head, your heart, and your hands. Or another way I put it in the book, How to Fight Racism, Young Reader's Edition, is I call it the arc of racial justice. The head part stands for awareness. The heart is relationships, and the hands is commitment, A-R-C, awareness, relationships, commitment, or you can just remember head, heart, hands. Now, what does it mean to fight racism with your head, your heart, and your hands? Well, you need all three of these, just like three legs of a stool, to have a stable base, a, a solid foundation on which to build your racial justice efforts. So, Using your head to fight racism or building your awareness, that means that you build up the knowledge, the information, and the facts required to fight racism in all its forms. Some examples of using your head or building your awareness are listening to this podcast where you learn about racism and what to do about it, watching documentaries about historical figures and events going to museums or other historical sites. It could be watching TV shows. It could be reading books. 
anything you do to learn more about racism and what we can do to fight against it. That's using your head and building your awareness. What about relationships or the heart aspect? Well, this refers to any personal, professional, school, community networks needed to encourage empathy and understanding across racial lines. So, for young people especially, this means having different kinds of friends from different racial and ethnic and cultural backgrounds on purpose. We like to hang around with people who are most like us, but in order to fight for racial justice and embrace all of the differences that we're made with, we actually have to go out and seek people and seek relationships and friendships with people who are different from us. Maybe they speak a different language than you do. Maybe their parents came from a different country. Maybe they're a different skin color than you are. We can learn so much through healthy, strong relationships and friendships with other people. But that's not all. We can't just have big heads and know a lot about racism. It's not even enough to have big hearts and have lots of different kinds of friends. We also have to have strong hands. This is the commitment aspect. And this is where the commitment part comes in. This is talking about the actions necessary to break down laws and policies that create and continue racial inequality and to replace those laws with ones that lead to equity for people of all races and ethnicities. In other words, we live by rules. Now, we may not like rules, there may be too many rules, but the reality is rules structure our lives. Think about school. Every school has rules. Of course, there are some that we think are unfair and that we don't like. So what do you do about them? What if there's a rule at school that's truly unfair, but just to a certain type of people because of the way they look or where they come from? Wouldn't you want to do something about that? That's where the commitment comes in. We have to have strong hands to change the laws, the rules, the policies that structure the way that we interact with one another to make sure it's fair for all people, no matter their race or their ethnic background. So remember, in order to fight racism, you need to use your head, your heart, and your hands, or remember the arc of racial justice, awareness, relationships, commitment. Thank you so much for joining me for this very important discussion. And this is only lesson one. We're just getting started. There is more to come. And there's still so much work to do in order to fight racism. So we're going to need adults and kids in every generation to be part of the struggle. If you'd like to learn more about fighting for racial justice, pick up the book, How to Fight Racism, Young Readers Edition at your local bookstore, or you can get it online. Just visit jamartisby.com. That's J-E-M-A-R-T-I-S-B-Y.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter. You can find that on the website too. This podcast has been produced by Pottery Studios with special thanks to the scholars of Clarksdale Collegiate. Until next time, I've been your host, Dr. Jamar Tisby. If we want to turn this civil rights moment into a movement, it's going to take all of us. Talk to you next time.